This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Well, we've got an interesting weekend to talk about, both baseball and football-wise. Gordon and I will do it when ESPN New York Tonight kicks off right now. Join us at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Jake the Snake and Brian the Brain. We're here until midnight. Freddie and Fitz take over the conversation at that time. Hello, Gordon. Larry, what's going on, pal? What's happening? How was your weekend? Uh, Football-wise. Well, it was, it, well, it wasn't very good. Um, well, it was better Dolphins, than baseball. Dolphins had a rough time of it. Uh, yes. Zach Wilson had a rough time of it. It was, yes. You know, it's, it's a little unfair that, you know, you see everybody getting excited for football and these games are so exciting. We've mentioned how great the games have been through two weeks and you see Kyler Murray doing this thing and mm. Dak Prescott doing that thing and Tom Brady doing this and oh, all these great sick. games. And we're resigned on a beautiful Sunday, at least I was, to watching the Jets and, for me, watching the Dolphins. It's like, what am I doing? I have a friend who went on a nice, like, bicycle tour of Manhattan. I'm thinking to myself, what did I, where did I go wrong? I obviously went wrong somewhere because here I am sitting in the basement watching two terrible football teams, and they're not even playing each other. You're too invested. I am, apparently. You need to get out. You need a I, life, Gordon. I, I need to. I need to go cold turkey. Is what I need to do. I need to cut my losses and get out now. Or you need to expand the Sunday ticket. No, <laughs> so you got I need, some more options. Well, no, I have though. I have all the games, but I feel an obligation. Obviously, with the show, I got to watch the Absolutely. Jets live. Yes. Uh, and then at the second TV is always the Dolphins, which okay. is uh, I'd be better off with an etch sketch at this point. Uh, they're a terrible team. They're a terrible organization who provides no happiness or joy. But yet, for some reason, I feel some obligation that they do not reciprocate with. But that's just me. How You're was your invested. weekend? Yeah. You're invested. <laughs> How was your weekend? My weekend Hopefully was better. great. I, yeah, enjoyed, I enjoyed, well, I enjoyed last night's game, which was fabulous. Kansas City-Baltimore was oh, outstanding. What incredible. a game. Yes. Uh, and, you know, for a couple of hours yesterday, I was on the air trying to listen to a number of the folks mm-hmm. who, and you know what, I'm going to give the Jet fans some credit here, Gordon. I'm okay. going to give them some credit in the sense of nobody nobody called yesterday to talk about uh, we should have kept Sam Darnold. <laughs> Even though he's 2-0, Gordon, and threw for over 300 yards yesterday, I'm giving the Jet fans some credit. Okay? So nobody did that. The other thing, though, I let me just say this to them, and Gordon, we've told them, so let me say it again. Mama said there'll be days like this. And when you have a young quarterback, these things happen. That's why we constantly tell you, you have to wait. You have to, the goal here is to watch him, see if he improves going forward by the end of the year. Gordon, they all have problems. They all do. They're young quarterbacks. They all mess up. They're going to mess up. So you just have to be patient. And I think the biggest problem is some of the fans really – kind of expected, you know, a, a, a big turnaround because they were 2-14 and 14 last year. So they're looking, I want eight wins, I want nine wins. And we tell them, like, no, just slow down. The wins are not the issue this year. This is about getting your quarterback right, getting all the mistakes out now. 
This is what you want all the mistakes out now. And that, that's that's what this year is about. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I think that at least uh, mostly, I would say, the fans that I either talk to or have seen, you know, tweets or what, you know, social media stuff. Um, I think that they have gotten it right. I think the media, though, maybe they're the ones who maybe need a little bit of a refresher course because I saw the post today. Steve Serby, Zach Wilson has been put on notice. Um, uh, Mike Vacchiano uh, uh, with, um, or excuse me, Mike Vaccaro with uh, Sam Darnold's hot start put Zach Wilson on the hot seat. Zach Wilson has nothing to do with Sam Darnold. Nope. The, the only, actually, you know what? I would say Sam Darnold has absolved Zach Wilson from the hot seat because when it was Darnold's turn in the same spot, he looked a lot like Zach Wilson yesterday. <laughs> yeah, true. So I would think that that would mean, you know what? The quarterback is really not as important to this whole thing as maybe everybody is making out. And I would say if anybody's on the hot seat, maybe it's Joe Douglas that's on the hot seat. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the, you know, some other people that are on the hot seat. But I would say, no, Zach Wilson is not on the hot seat. Look, it was a very rough day. Bill Belichick has, has done that to, to countless rookie quarterbacks. Um, he did not look good. I would like to know, and I've not seen anybody say this, but it didn't seem like Bill Belichick was devising some master Mm -hmm. scheme or he was sending a lot of heat and the Jets couldn't pick it up. So to me, that part of it was a little alarming that that Wilson was making the throws that he did because each of the throws, the second interception, it wasn't all on him. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was partly on Davis for not handling the throw, but the throw was a little bit off. But um, I was a little surprised that his throws were as off as they were. And at least through two games, uh, look, I, you're not going to say he's a bust. You're not going to say any. You, you, you have to take, all, take it all in, right? Like, let's see the whole body of work before we decide on what we got. But I would say, you know, two games in, it's been a little disappointing because it felt like after the preseason, after all the, the accolades have been thrown out by a lot of the talking heads, that it seemed like, that Wilson might have been able to hit the ground running a little bit more than that, and uh, he's not done that so far. But, yeah, games like that yesterday, that's perfectly uh, understandable for a rookie quarterback who is playing. I guess you'd have to say the Jets are just not very good. I I thought that they had more talent this year, especially at receiver, at offensive line. They look a lot like the same team as last year, Larry. They do, and I think the thing that – the thing that I was baffled about, Gordon, was that they were running the ball pretty well. And I didn't understand why they had to throw in those situations. You know what I mean? Yeah. For me, it was like, you're running the ball. Hey, guess what? Run the ball. <laughs> Keep running the ball. You know, run. Get a tempo. Run. If that's what the offensive line is doing well and they're pushing and you're getting some runs, run the ball because then the more you run, Gordon, it opens up the play action. It opens up some other things that you can do. Uh, so that was one thing that, that really surprised me, and I was kind of wondering because, I mean, two consecutive drives, you throw two picks. I mean, that's – that's. Let's settle it down here a little yeah, bit. Yeah. You know, so I'm thinking the second drive they should have – look, you know what? Okay, let's run it. Let's run it. Like what they did with the third drive where it was like run, 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 run. Well, yeah, now, because of that scenario, Gordon, you know what Belichick is like. They're going to they're gonna rein him in. So now let's put nine in the box, ten in the box, and force them to throw. So now you kind of put him in, in a difficult position. But uh, listen, he's going to struggle. Of course. Hopefully he won't struggle as bad as this going forward. But right. the bottom line is if he is able – if he's able to get through week 17, 
because there were some issues on some of the past, on some of the past uh, blocking where guys came unblocked. And this is the thing, because I never really know, because I know on sometimes you call that protection, the protection is uneven, and the quarterback knows that there's somebody coming unblocked, and you're supposed to get rid of it and get to the hot read right away or throw it away, and he still kind of held on to it. So I'm not sure whether it was a missed assignment there on the line, Gordon, or if he just held on to it too long, which after throwing three touchdowns in the first half would be understandable because, you you know, your confidence has got to take a hit, Gordon. I mean, he said it didn't, and obviously he's not going to tell you that. But it had to for a moment, no? Uh, yeah, probably. But, I mean, I, I thought he handled it, you know, in terms of the things said after the game about the booing, right? What, what do you want? You know, what do you expect people to do? You know, it wasn't good, right? I mean, that's the way you handle that kind of question. So, um uh, he's going to have games like this. You just hope that this is the, the this is the low point. Um, in terms of the offense, you know, the first game, I thought that it was kind of difficult to evaluate him because the mm-hmm. offensive line was as bad as it was. I guess maybe it depends on how you look at it. Is it good news that the offensive line was better yesterday and he was worse? Well, it's good that the offensive line was better. Uh, I'd like to see him maybe um, find a way to – I don't know what the the issue with was with him. It seemed like the first couple of throws, maybe he was just kind of forcing things in there. Yeah. The last two, to me, seemed like a guy who was just confused by something. Because I mean, that especially that last one, it seemed like it was a punt. Mm-hmm. Like there was not really anybody around. So it's a work in progress for sure. You knew that that was going to be the case. I, I guess. Look, I always laugh at when people say, like after week one, you know, Jet fans or people in the the Jets got their. How would you know that? How would you possibly know that at this point? Nobody knows that at this point. The Jets don't know that at this point. They don't know for sure what this guy's going to be. Mm-hmm. So if, if I feel that way after one week or two weeks or three weeks, then you don't know the other way, right? Like there's nothing, and I don't think anybody is saying that, oh boy, you got you to gotta really rethink this because I'll tell you right now, if Sam Darnold were in that spot yesterday, Maybe it might have looked a little bit better. It wouldn't have been good. The Jets wouldn't have won that game. And and I guess the other negative was if he had if Wilson had just been kind of okay, I think the Jets would have had a chance to kind of stay in that game. The yeah. defense was a lot better than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, they gave up some plays late because, you know, the offense did basically nothing. The offensive line was better. So it's a little frustrating on a day where, you know, if the quarterback had just been kind of mediocre. Uh, I think you could have hung in that game because the, the Patriots, they might be efficient, but they're not explosive. Right. And um, it's a little frustrating that, you know, it's not about wins and losses this year, but you'd like to get a couple, right? Oh, I mean, you'd like to get one. Yeah, so sure, sure. Um, that was an opportunity I thought that was a little bit blown yesterday because the defense stepped up and mm-hmm. I got to give it to the secondary. I thought the secondary was going to be a complete mess. At least so far, they've been... They've been passing the grade pretty well so far. It's been a surprise. So it's about getting Zach Wilson straightened away now as he gets set to go up against the Broncos in a week. So here's what we find out, Gordon, and this is what you know we tell folks all the time from being in various locker rooms that we've been in and speaking to various coaches and players. It's a different speed in the regular season. It's a different intensity in the regular season. And, yeah, Zach Wilson was good. He was doing all these things. Oh, the great arm throw. Look at this and that and the other in the preseason. Yeah. And now with less and less 
number one talent playing in the preseason, it's even harder to evaluate what you have. Right. You know, you can't because nobody plays now. Right. So now for him, he's now just get this. These two games are going to give him. Okay, this is life in the National Football League, young man. This is the way it goes. The the, the defensive linemen are faster than they are in college consistently. Everybody is faster. Everybody is bigger and stronger. And you have to make the adjustments. And as I said on the air um, yesterday, Gordon, and we get to the calls in a minute at 1-800-919-3776. As I said, it, it, it took me back to Tony Richardson and uh, Thomas Jones and some of the veterans in that jet locker room in 09 talking to Mark Sanchez and saying, hey, listen, Stop throwing the ball around the yard like it doesn't mean anything. The ball is a precious possession. Okay? Treat it that way. And that's what he now will understand. Okay? More and more. Not like he hasn't been told. Gordon, not like he doesn't know. But that attitude of, I can make this play. I can get the ball in a tight window. I can throw this ball. Not in the National Football League. You have to be careful. There's a five or six, there's a guy right in front of you that could go for five yards. Do yourself a favor. Take the five-yard guy. All right? That's what New England did, Gordon. Marched up and down the field. Took the short took the short passes, and then once in a while that opens things up, then you can go deep. Yeah. And I do think the one positive you have to keep in mind, remember when training camp started in the first couple of days, there were mm-hmm. reports that he was really struggling, and and then, you know, I think, I don't know if it was the end of the week or the next week, all of a sudden things seemed like he, he kind of got up to speed here. He's a fast learner or, or whatever. So mm-hmm. uh, these games keep coming. It's not the preseason yeah. anymore. You nope. can't really script things too much. You know, you got to kind of push them out of the nest and see if they can fly. So, But hopefully here uh, over the next couple of weeks, uh, this one's not going to be easy against Denver either. Nope. You'll see more positives than negatives. And, and hopefully, while yesterday was a bad day, hopefully that's the worst of it for a while. It's a great test for him, right? How yeah. do you bounce back from this performance on the road in Denver? Uh, loud crowd noise. You're going to have to, you know, they're going to be piping in, you know, noise and music all week, Gordon, to try to simulate what it's going to be like up there. They're home, I believe, for the first time this season. They're 2-0, and mm-hmm. okay? Uh, first home game for them. First crowd has been there, a full crowd. Uh, you know, Von Miller, Roland, <laughs> very physical defense. This is what you. This is how you learn things about your young quarterback as you go on through the season. Yeah, uh, and that's again, that's what this season is mostly about, right? It's not completely about that because it's about you know head coach establishing a culture, you know all the different things that a coach has got to do, building a defense. We're talking about the secondary. We're talking about all these different things, but yeah, I mean it's it's about the quarterback. And we've seen plenty of guys go through it and struggle that first year. And they're generally on bad teams. And I don't want to say for sure after two weeks that the Jets are are a bad team. But I do think that maybe we have to kind of reevaluate just how much talent on offense. Because I thought coming into the year, Jets more talented on it. And, you know, they got Corey Davis now. They got Elijah Moore now. They bring Brad Crowder. They got the kid Keelan Cole, who a bunch of teams were after. They got Mims. They got this thing. Maybe that maybe the receiving core is just not as talented as we think, but we'll, we'll have plenty of time to uh, to find that out. Yeah, it would be nice to see Crowder get in the game. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. That would that would help. It would help to see Mims get in a game, right? Maybe it would. It would. And listening, judging to what Sal is saying, I don't know if that's coming next week. Yeah, maybe I would a think. Of weeks. I think I'm going to see Crowder before I see Mims. Uh, there's not even a doubt. 
Hardesty and Damon till midnight. We call it ESP in New York tonight at 1-800-919-3776. Gordon, let's take some calls. Let's do it. Doug is in Long Island. Doug, start us off on ESP in New York tonight. Hey, my friend. How are you? Good, Doug. What's happening? Great. I was just, uh, you know, there's one thing that's a little overlooked. I was talking to a couple guys. They're really good defensive players for us. Uh, the Jets, you know, James Hasty, uh, Brian Washington, and even uh, a buddy of mine, Mike Brin. If you, I don't know if you remember Mike played for us for a little while. But um, those corners are really doing a good job. They really are. And I think this, this whole comparison with the two QBs is kind of crazy. They're in different situations. I think they gave up too soon on Sam, but, you know, Zach is going to be a good player. He's not Doug Flutie, you know, not that Doug is a poor player, but he's going to be a good player. I agree with you, Doug. Thanks for the phone call. I, I, You know, if he can get over his struggles, I think he'll be – he could be okay. But once again, I'm not going to yeah, jump I mean, on that wagon yet until jury, like for the whole yeah, season. Yeah, I mean, the jury's completely out. I, like, I yep. love when people are like – you know, like I saw a tweet yesterday. Uh, I think it was Pro Football Talk put it out. You know, Bill Belichick has made plenty of rookie quarterbacks look bad. Wilson's going to be fine. Well, the first point, absolutely true. We all know that, right? That's what Bill Belichick does. You rookie quarterback, you're going to struggle against him. But the second part about he'll be fine, I have no idea. Nobody knows that. We, we don't know. It's about finding out. Now, I'm not saying the opposite. I'm not saying I see anything. Oh, my God, two weeks in, he's been a disaster. This is what rookie quarterbacks playing on bad teams kind of look like. And mm-hmm. it's going to take a while for him to kind of figure things out. But I, I think it's way too early to be saying we know one way or the other way. And just the comparison of Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has absolutely nothing to do with Zach Wilson. Nope. Zero. Nothing. And I, Zach, I th- You know, if you put Zach Wilson down in Carolina with Robbie Anderson and all the receivers and McCaffrey and all of a sudden he might look a whole lot. He might not look as much like a rookie yeah. as he does right now. And the nice thing True. that Darnold has is he's year four. So, yeah, yeah he, you know, if Zach Wilson's at year four, I hope he's going to look a whole lot better than he does in year one. The two-quarterback thing is, is I don't know, I feel like it's just, uh, what do they say, for clicks? I think it's just mm-hmm. for clicks. That's all it's for. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, it, it's, the, it's the ultimate comparison because there were so many folks who felt that the Jets gave up on Sam Darnold. But, but the thing is, is, if Sam Darnold was still here, he would still look like Sam Darnold when he was here. It's know. you know it's not that much different of a team. Maybe he'd be a little bit better, mm-hmm. but he would look as we know what Sam Darnold looks like with the Jets. It was not yeah. good. Yeah. So what's the problem? Is the problem Sam Darnold? Is the problem Zach Wilson? No, it's the rest of the Jets. Yeah. That's the problem. You got to make the team better. Yeah, you have to continue. And you know what, Gordon? This is kind of. Let me get to the call. The rest of the calls in a second. This is kind of like what you spoke about during the Knicks season, right? This is. Kind of, maybe not the ground level, but this is certainly Build, this, yeah, absolutely this where is, you're building. This is absolutely this is rebuilding. Yeah, this, this is what, is what rebuilding like. looks like, right? Absolutely. And and look, I thought the Jets were more talented than they were last year. I never thought they were talent. You know, like I didn't think that they were like jam packed with all this talent. It's a rebuilding year, mm-hmm. and you got a lot of new faces. You got a new coach. It's going to take some time to work this out. And yeah. it's probably going to be more than year one to work it out. But oh, of you're course. hoping it should that, be. Yeah, right. It's going to, you know, but you're hoping that over the course of the year, by maybe by the point you get to week eight, things will look a whole lot better than weeks one and two. That's Absolutely. all you can hope for. That's right. Uh, Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, guys? How y'all doing tonight? Buddha. 
All right, listen, man, I'm a little hot, man. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I called you. The first point I was going to make was about the Yankees and um, that 13-game winning streak, how it hurt us, and Cashman's coming back. But you know what? i got to 86 that. Because there was a caller that called before. After I had called earlier on the show before, and, you know, he's breaking down the Joe Douglas disappointments. On You had some clown, uh, similar to that guy who called you about the Giants last week, <laughs> talking about, you know, let's exhibit some patience, Joe Douglas. Let me let me tell you something about patience, all right? I was patient when the Jets used to make Tony Nathan look like O.J. Simpson, you know, in 82, 83. You remember those times, Lai? I was mm. very patient when, you know, it was 45 to 3 and Lorenzo Hampton was looking like Roger Craig in the 86. We get to the playoff game, right? And everybody likes to talk about how Gasno hit the quarterback late. Let me explain to you what it's like to be a Jets fan. Not only did Gasno hit the quarterback late, number 28, Carl Howard, he hit him late as well. Right after Freeman, we had two back-to-back interceptions against Kosar. Freeman McNeil goes for 28 yards, and we can't put that freaking game away. I don't want to hear this nonsense about this patience. I've been patient like Job for about 35 years, and I don't want to hear it anymore. You know, big up respect to Don Crickey and Bob Trumpy because, you know, I, I used to love those games on NBC. I, they, that, that was the golden years of football for me personally, man. But when I hear this kind of nonsense about these excuses for Joe Duck, I'm sick of it right now. I'm sick of it. I, I don't have a problem with Wilson. I don't have a problem with Caesar Salah. Um, LaFleur, I got semi-problem with him, but I still don't have that much problem with him because all three of them are brand new at their position. Mm-hmm. Joe Douglas, my man, my brother, you've been at this position for three years, and I keep hearing about how you can't get it turned around because of what kind of mess you walked into. Guess what? You walked into doo-doo, and you crapped yourself. You gave us nothing last year, draft picks who don't get on the field, free agents, Van Rotten, the, the other, I mean, please. Like, enough is enough with this excuses for this man and the job that he's done, man. Like, I'm, a, I'm freaking sick of it, man. No, I mean, I heard Alan Hahn earlier today when he was talking with Bart, and Bart is telling him, like, yeah, he's like, yeah, we think Joe Duck. Yeah, that's where I'm at. You know, I'm not saying he needs to be fired. I'm not saying that, you know, he, he, Carter was a good pick. Beckton, I'm sorry. There's two of my offensive linemen that were drafted, one, one before him and one after him that were better. That needs to be owned. And this stuff about Mims and he can't get the playbook and he can't get his other stuff, listen, the coaches have to do a little bit better with that. But I just have a question to ask, though. Caesar Siler, he's the coach you brought in, and he's telling you he doesn't want to play the guy that you drafted. You draft, you move back two spots to get this guy, and now I'm supposed to have faith in you that your stockpile picks, even though they're talking about this Sam Donald nonsense about they should have kept Sam Donald and, and kept the picks. What were you going to do with those picks? What were you going to do with them? Ashton Davis, Jabari Zuniga? I don't need that from you, fam. And like I said to y'all a thousand times before, you can't ride the coattails of Ozzie Newsom for 40 years, and you also can't ride the exhaust fumes of Mike McCagnin for five years. This man has got to bring a team here. He's got to sign some people. Corey Davis, good player, but you see what I was telling y'all before. He's a number two. 
You cannot the Jets. You know, look at Kyler Murray. Look, look at um any of these young guys that they got a quarterback. Look at what they surround them with. Mm-hmm. This seven year plan. Yo, my man, listen to me. I'm 50 years old, man. I don't want to wait another 10, 12 years. All right, listen, we're going to be good in 2028. Excuse me? Excuse me. Yeah, I hear you, Buddha. And, and just to your point, Buddha, uh, the the um, the number of players who are active for the Jets on Sunday from the 2020 draft, this is a Joe Douglas draft, mm-hmm. one. Yep. Bryce Hall was the one guy, I think. Mm-hmm. That, Everybody that's else, not, IR. Yeah, that's not and Mims, who's, you know, not dressing, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah. that's not great. No, it's not. It's not. It really isn't. Now, you know, hopefully if you're a Jet fan, it gets better, you know, because you usually mm-hmm. wait, well, you know, like, what, what, two, three years to at least try to yeah. evaluate your yeah, draft class? that's fair, right? You know, so you wait and see, but it's not off to a good start. It's clear about that. It and clearly I know, isn't. I know a lot of Jet fans will say, you know, well, look, Mims has got to be better than some of the guys that they're trotting out there, right? Mm-hmm. But part of the job that, that you wanted uh, Robert Sala to come in here was to kind of establish what the Jets are going to be from this point forward, right? Like the mm-hmm. old days are the old days, and what flew before is not going to fly now. And there's a certain standard that we're going to hold players to. And it certainly seems like between not knowing the various positions with Mims, I don't know, maybe there's other stuff there as well, but mm-hmm. in terms of not knowing what he's supposed to know, that is that is Robert Sala setting a standard for how the Jets are going to play moving forward. So it's kind of hard to say, well, but Mims is better than these guys. Well, not by the standards that you want him to set standards, right? You don't want it to be the old ways of, of the past. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to establish a culture, that's part of it as well. So that's on Mims. Yeah, it is. He's got to do a better job. And, you know, he's got to be available, Gordon. But, you know, on the other side, if you're the Jet fan, you know what you're saying? The guy ran a 4-3. You mean you right. can't use a guy with a 4-3 right. on the field? You can't find the place for him? I get that. <laughs> I get that. But you know what? This is not – if this had come out of the blue, mm-hmm. and I, I was trying to say uh, – who were we talking to last week that we were talking? Mark from Newark yep. about Mims. This is not – this really shouldn't be a surprise. Look at the moves that the Jets went out this past off season and added to the wide receivers, right? They signed Corey Davis – they um they uh they bring back Crowder. They draft more. They bring in uh, the guy Keelan Cole. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they added a lot of wide receivers, and that's not uh, uh they they um that's not a great look for a guy that you took in the second round a year before. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see if he finds his way on the field, Gordon. Because I tell a you, long season. It is a long season, and guess what? Uh, now when Crowder comes back, he moves two spaces back. Yeah. <laughs> How about that's- that? Right. <laughs> it's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. We return to football in just a couple of seconds. For those of you online, we will get to you before we leave you at midnight tonight for Freddie and Fitz. But right now, Gordon Damer and I are going to rehash the Yankee game tonight, and the Yankees found a way to win. They beat the team that they're better than in the Texas Rangers. Before I get to this, Gordon, I have something totally off I have to ask you. Totally off. All right. Give it to me. Help me out. You got to help me out here. All right. I'm watching Boston highlights yesterday. Uh Uh-huh. What the hell is the yellow shirt? Blue cap? Yeah, they did. What what is that? that? They did that earlier in the season. I want to say for the Boston Marathon, whenever it's Patriots Day, they had they had those I know, they're hideous. I mean they're they're so bad. They're terrible. Yellow and blue? 
Yeah, and, with and look, white there's pants? certain teams that can get by with whack. You know, if you have no history, you don't know, if you're the Texas Rangers or, you know, I don't know, the Minnesota Twins, you know what I mean? You can get away with stuff yeah. like that. You're the Boston Red Sox. Carry oh. yourself that way, for God's sake. What is that, the city look? Stop. The city's oh. in trouble if that's the city Yeah, look. right. The city's, uh, <laughs> city's underwater. I mean, that's terrible. City's awful. Uh, I digress. Yankees beat the Rangers tonight by the score of 4-3. to three. Home run tonight by Gary Sanchez. Got everything going. And then a couple of RBIs from Judge and Stanton. Uh, once again, that guy, he's been really, really good. He held it close. Chad Green ended up getting up, giving, getting the win. But Nestor Cortez was not bad. He got had a rocky inning. But the bullpen did well. Green, Holmes, Rodriguez, and Chapman did a nice job. So the question for Aaron Boone after the game was, how important was this win? I mean, after getting, you know, pretty much blown out the last two days, you know, it's nice to start this series off with, with a win. You know, Nestor set a good tone for us. You know, I had to work pretty hard there. Um, you know, credit to them. They made him work hard, but the bullpen really picked us up and we were able to make a big inning stand up. So uh, a good job to get back on track. And now we got we to gotta get ready for tomorrow now. No question about it. And, you know, a bullpen that's been struggling, Aaron Boone, bullpen was good tonight, though, right? Yeah, I mean, everyone kind of stepped up. You know, Greeny, you know, Greeny had, had a few days where he was down, so I think he came in fresh and I thought threw the ball really well through, you know, whatever, five or six hitters, you know, he faced. And then Holmes, I thought, did a really good job being pitch, pitch efficient enough uh, in his first inning of work to be able to go back out there and face those righties um, again uh, in the what to start the eighth there. And then Joelli came in and did a great job. You know, he gets he gets the two strikes and it's a little nubber from from low. The guy's in there to face who gets the little infield hit against him. But he did a good, great job with Solak and then and then Chappie was pretty pitch efficient there in the ninth. So really good job by them closing it down. And with the stare returning, Gordon. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Heaven forbid that doesn't return, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, listen, these are big games. Obviously, uh, Seattle leading Oakland 4-1. Yeah, the A's are back in this thing. I know I know you have no faith in the Yankees. I get it. But, you know, you look. You're with, with the Toronto loss tonight. You're a half game behind them. You're a game behind them in the loss column. So, Aaron Boone, how important are these games? No, I mean, I'm looking at it as we got the Rangers and Dunning starting tomorrow and Monty going and let's we got to go play well. Uh, you know, that's my my biggest thing right now is I want us to play well. And if we play well, the results will take care of themselves. And, um, you know, they're they're obviously all really important right now. Um, but it's about us going out and playing well behind Monty tomorrow. Repeat after me, Gordon. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. <laughs> Well, you can tell that that Aaron Boone is feeling better. Greeny's in there, Monty's yeah. in there, you know. Yep. So things are feeling good in the Yankee clubhouse right now. For right now, yes, they yes. are. And of course, I say let's go Mets because the Mets are playing the Red Sox over the next yeah. two games tomorrow and Wednesday. So let's see if the Yankees can help you guys out after taking two of nice. three in the Subway Series, right? It would be nice. I Just mean, since the Yankees' 13-game winning streak, I saw today that they actually have the before tonight. They're tied with the Orioles for the worst record in the American League. Unbelievable. unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It, it, you can't break it up. Part of the fun of doing this segment is a special part of this segment that we call Answers with Aaron. Starring Gordon Damon. And what we do here is 
you know, we tell Gordon what the question was to Aaron Boone, and he gives us his best Aaron Boone impersonation. So, Gordon, we have two quick ones for you tonight. Okay, give them to me. This one is Aaron Boone was asked, do you respect Gary Sanchez blocking the outside noise? And, of course, not a great weekend defensively for the starting catcher of the Yankees. Had a home run tonight, but still struggled over the weekend. So how do you think Aaron Boone handled this? I'll just answer as myself. I would hope that he could block out the noise. If he could block the pitches as well as he could block out the noise, (laughs) then we would really be honest. I'll say – He'll say something along, uh, yeah, you have to respect Gary. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a lightning rod. He's polarizing. But you know what? Uh, the way he uh, hit that home run early on tonight, that can silence a lot of critics. So he's a big guy that we need if we're going to get to where we need to be down the stretch. But you have to respect Gary for the way he's able to block out the things around him and just focus on the task at hand day after day. Aaron Boone, do you respect Gary blocking the outside noise? Yeah, I think it's one of the things that, you know, I've gained some admiration for him over the course of this year is he's, look, he's been through a lot in here uh, in his entire career. Um, but this year, you know, early on was was scuffling offensively, lost some playing time uh, and, and put his nose down and worked, made some adjustments at the plate. Um, he's continued to work really hard behind the plate. And, uh, you know, so I, I think... I think the biggest thing is I've just gained a lot of respect for the man and, um, you know, he's become a, a smart worker now. I think he knows how to prepare and things like that. So, you know, even though he's had a tough week leading up to this, uh, he does a good job of, of, you know, blocking things out and moving on even when he does make a mistake. Yeah, Not so much when, the baseballs, but blocking other things out, he does a great job with it. I just hope that when I screw up, my wife is, oh, is equally my God. understanding. Could you imagine? I needed Aaron Boone in my life. This is what I'm saying. Larry, I mean, he, can, he can explain away Gary Sanchez's mistakes. I could use somebody like that. I, I can now see the value of Aaron Boone. It's like you... He's trying to make you feel sorry for him. He's had right. he's been scuffling. He's had the tough. I have a lot of admiration. Oh, it's unbelievable! You got to admire Gordon. He oh. generally brings out the trash. He, he, you know, sometimes it's not uh, quite to the level of the, the making it all the way out there. Sometimes he forgets, but more times than not, and we're going to rely on Gordon to take out the trash in the future if we're going to have no trash in the house. He does a solid job it's taking amazing. out the trash during those times. You he's know, he amazing. just does. You he know, does. people. You know, and people talk about him taking out the trash. But here's what I know: the trash is always out. <laughs> he's amazing. I need. To, I, I, I'm. I'm going to start to reevaluate my approach with my wife based on Aaron Boone. There's no question about it. Me and you both. Here's the next one. <laughs> Very simple, Gordon. Is Chapman back? Uh, well, he obviously liked the stuff tonight, liked that he attacked the hitters, uh, you know, so the zip on the fastball, the slider, you know, not shaking guys off too much. So, uh, you know, just putting things together. But uh, we know how good Raldis Chapman is in closing out games, so it was good to see him lock down that ninth inning. Aaron Boone, is Chapman back? I don't know. I felt that way, Meredith, now for the last several times with, with Chappie. I feel like he's in a much better spot. I feel like he is he – is, building that confidence, um, you know, strike throwing with all his pitches, you know, the ability to strike the fastball, you know, to, to drive that fastball on that, um, you know, on the arm side lane is important for him. That kind of sets up the splitter and the, and the slider off of that. Um, but his strike throwing's just been better. And I, and I've, but I felt that way, you know, 
the last several, frankly. I, you know what, Gordon? I'll say this. I, Chapman's trying to get a third pitch in relief. I heard Kay was talking about in the broadcast with David Cohn. That's interesting to try to get a third pitch because, you know what, Gordon? It, takes, it makes his fastball look faster, even on nights when he doesn't have the 101. If he's able to get the off-speed stuff over when he throws it, 99 looks like 102. Yeah, and he didn't have the he didn't have the overpowering fastball tonight. Uh, but look, uh, he got the job done. So you know, there's there's more than enough nights to complain about with the way he's pitched this year. <laughs> so when he gets a scoreless inning in the ninth inning, I'm not going to complain. Absolutely. And that's a look recapping the Yankee win tonight, four three. As I mentioned, with the uh, Toronto loss, they are just a half game out of the second wild card spot in the East. <laughs> Monday night edition of ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty and Damer until midnight. Freddie and Fitz continue the conversation. They'll talk more about the Monday night football game. But tell you what, Aaron Rodgers looked better tonight, Gordon, than he did last week. I'm guessing, Larry, this week we won't hear any more talk about, you know what, when you retire in your mind, you're already retired. You know, this is the retirement tour. The Packers are in trouble. All of a sudden, one game against the Lions and Aaron Rodgers looked okay. He sure did. Jared Goff has trouble holding on to the football, huh? Yeah, uh, that's going to be – they're going to be – I actually thought the Lions, at least for a half, were more competitive were. than I kind of thought. But, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, they're in for a long year. They're, they're one of the worst teams. They are. They are. Let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Nick in the car. He's next on 98.7. What's up, Nick? Hey, Larry Gordon. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, Nick. You got it, um, Nick. What's up? I'm just – thanks. I, I'm on my way home, actually, from the Yankee game tonight. And I was just calling because – I'm I'm happy to see them pull out a win against a team that they ought to, on paper, win. But I got to just say, it was kind of an unimpressive win, to, to be fair. Uh, given the, the Rangers and where they are and where the Yankees are trying to aspire to be, you know, I, I, was, I was at the game and I'm sitting next to my buddy and he's like, oh, they're up 4 nothing, And they'll, they'll, they'll make it a, a one-run game no matter what. And, of course, they end up do making it a one-run game, and you know the, the bullpen looked good tonight. But it just seems like there was, uh, even with the win, it, it was still a low-energy win, a team that they should be beating. And even though they won, they got a game on the the Blue Jays. It's, I'm not as confident as I'd like to be this time of year. You know what I mean? No, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the call, Nick. I mean, the offense has been bad. The home, you know, if it's not Stanton or Judge doing it, it, it rarely gets done. So, yeah, I mean, you get a 4 nothing lead early on. You'd like to see them tack on runs. But if you're a Yankee fan and you watch these games night in and night out, you know that's probably not going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, isn't it sad that they finally beat the team they're supposed to and you're still not satisfied? <laughs> well, because you know that if they won today, well, then tomorrow, you know, I mean, like the next game, the chances are you're not going to be able to get a win because that's the way they've been here ever since the 13-game winning streak. One step forward, one step back. It's true. Charlie's in Elmhurst. Hey, Charlie, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry and Gordon. How you doing? Hey, Larry. Uh, Charlie, what's going on? Hey, uh, so Gordon, uh, sorry about the uh, two miseries last night, uh, yesterday with the Dolphins, and of course, oh, they still, our, don't worry my, our Yankees. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they won, but gotta say to all Yankee fans, don't get your hopes up. That's my message because <laughs> Charlie, I mean, don't yeah, worry. Be Texas. <laughs> I mean, be Texas. 
Honey, what are they doing? What are they, I'm seeing the same, the same point. I'm, I, I, I'm do, at the do point you, where. Charlie, like, do you have the sense that a lot of Yankee fans have their hopes up? No, no, right. no, I don't know. I mean, I mean, no, no, not, no, of course not. I mean, right. this team, this team, whatever this team it is, I mean, you know, I mean, they embarrassed themselves against the Cleveland Indians, a team that cannot score. And then uh, next day, I mean, they did the same thing. They, they score enough to, like, just win both games. I mean, I mean, they score four runs, but it's like, like, the last call I said, like, low energy. It's like, and I, like, like a soulless win. I mean, the fact that, I mean, they get a multiple chance to blow out, they don't do it. I mean, Charlie, my friend, okay. thanks for the phone call. Listen, after losing to Baltimore, after losing two of three to Cleveland, enjoy the win tonight, my friend. <laughs> just, just enjoy the win tonight. Right. That's yeah. it. That's Listen what to Aaron do. Boone, you know, focused on tonight, and then we'll get yeah. to tomorrow. And worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Worry about there. Worry about it then. Exactly. That's it. You know, just enjoy the win because guess what? You would be even more miserable if they had oh, found God. a way to lose that game tonight. Exactly. I was expecting it. You know, four you three. Chapman on the mound. Oh, hey, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Richardson, Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on ninety-eight seven. Oh, Larry Gordon. You know, Buddha mentioned Don Crickey. Wow, Bob Trumpy. I remember Crickey doing the 1975 NIT with, you remember Sonny Hill? Yes. I Larry, Sonny Hill from Philadelphia. Oh, mm-hmm. and uh, Armand Hill of Princeton ran the table for the NI- in the NIT. That was something. Uh, yesterday's games, including the Giant game, eight out of the 16 games went right till the end. There were some unbelievable games this past week in the NFL. Great games. And Derrick Henry, believe it or not, had more yards than any wide receiver in the NFL yesterday. That's not going to so happen good. too often. He That's is unbelievable. So good. Now, listen, fellas, I, nobody's mentioned it. Do you want your quarterback taking flips into the end zone? I mean, Lamar Jackson could have landed on his head, could have landed on his wrist unnecessarily why i don't understand it i mean it's unbelievably athletic what he did but mm-hmm. it's not necessary why do something to yourself that can cause a problem you know i yeah, i don't I like you, it that, that's well, his show Richard, that's his way to celebrate yeah and and what's weird is for a weekend that was defined by all these dopey taunting penalties i'm kind of surprised they didn't throw one for that exactly now, i don't want him to throw one for that but i would think that that's far more taunting than than anything else i've seen i mean it was so stupid some of the calls they made but Oh, it's unbelievable. But, I mean, it, we, we've kind of focused on it. Two weeks of games. I mean, the games have been sensational between Arizona and Minnesota yesterday. and the, I mean, there were so many good games. You know, Gordon, in this era of let's, let's split the, 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 uh, uh, the carries among the backs and, you know, let's have a running back by committee right, and whatnot, right. what Derrick Henry is able to do is a throwback, Gordon. He, he, he's just a throwback. He is so dominant. I mean, you can't stop him. No. When he gets going, he, oh. he's, he can't be stopped. And, and, and Seattle, um, are, yeah, Seattle, right, had a, had yeah. a pretty mm-hmm. size. I think they had a two-touchdown lead in that game. That's right. So That's right. Um, it's funny. You know, I was looking, you know, playing fantasy football. You listen to all these fantasy experts, and they know mm-hmm. this and they know that. And they don't really actually know. No, they don't know anything, really. <laughs> Everybody's just guessing. Everybody's mm-hmm. guessing, myself right. included. Yeah. And one of the themes coming into this year was, you know, Derrick Henry had such a great year last year. You know, Titans aren't going to be as good. They might be trailing in games. They're not going to run the ball as much. Be careful. Henry might have a drop-off. I'm watching the game yesterday. I mean, oh, yeah, that drop-off, boy. He's really dropping off a cliff right now. <laughs> I mean, and he's still 
running and still Gordon and he did listen, he told it the football a lot last season. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he still is in the era of and we talked about it, the Rex Ryan always calls him the bell cow, right? Yeah. In that era of like the one back, he's this is the guy who's gonna do all the running, he's gonna carry the load. You just don't do that now. And for him to continue to be that way, he, listen, he's making Ryan Tannehill's job very easy, Gordon. Yeah, and he was a little he was a little skittish yesterday. He was taking a lot of sacks, Tannehill. Yes, but you yeah. know, you take a look at what Henry has done. Now, look, the, he might fall off a cliff quickly, right? Like yes. he had a he had a bunch of ca- I think he had four, almost four hundred carries last year. He had over three hundred the year before that. He's probably going to have three hundred this year. Yeah. So when he gets to be twenty eight, twenty nine, when that next contract, whenever that is, uh, probably not going to re-sign him. But for right now, he's pretty good. He is. He really is. He really is. And he's he's a he's a difference maker. There's no question about it. And you know what, Gordon, in the time we have real quick, g- give me your thoughts about Pittsburgh. I think they, they may have to they may they need the quarterback, huh? Yeah. Uh wow. I I did not have a lot of high hopes for for Big Ben coming into the year. Uh their offensive line is shaky as well. So even though they were able to get that win against Buffalo week one, uh I, I'm not a big now look, the the coach there, I don't know how he's able to do it, but he's able to figure out ways to, to have winning seasons or at least five hundred seasons even when he doesn't have a I mean a guy Duck Rogers the other what was his name? <laughs> <laughs> guy whose name is Duck and he, he's still uh, finding ways to win games. So um but uh, yeah, I would be a little worried about the Steelers this year. Well, you don't have to duck because you do a great job. We'll be listening to you on the uh, tomorrow morning on the air. We'll see you tomorrow night following Carlin. All right. Sounds good, Larry. See you tomorrow night. All right. Take care, Gordon. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York tonight. We thank you for joining us. Brian DeBrain, Jake the Snake, thank you very much. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.